Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 213. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Do you want new promotions and free, low-cost marketing strategies to attract new customers? Go to restaurantpromo.net today and become unbeatable in your market. Again, that's restaurantpromo.net. Get on it. We have learned from so many of our past guests that to be successful, you need to systematize, automate, and leverage data in your restaurant. Well, with QSR Online, it's never been easier. Head over to go.qsronline.com slash unstoppable to learn more. Yo, what is going on, all you unstoppable restaurant professionals? It's your host, Eric Cacciatore, and this is the podcast for personal growth in the restaurant industry. It's Thursday. You know what it means. It's Authority Thursday, and I have two great authorities on the show. Count them one, two. Authorities Roger Bodwin of Restaurant Rockstars and David Long of My Employees. Uh, Two guys, awesome guys, uh, both experts on culture and uh, just success and how to treat your employees going to teach us a thing or two today. Uh, We're discussing uh, really just employee recognition, uh, the importance of just recognizing and having value in your employees and showing them that you care uh, both in the way you treat them and in what you do for them, Um, the the way you recognize them in front of your, your other staff and also the importance culture has on uh, just showing your employees that you care. Uh, We'll dive into all this in more detail, but since the topic today is on recognition, it it wouldn't be right if I didn't take a quick second to recognize some of the people out there who have just been helping me out by doing what I've been asking, which is just leaving reviews, five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Thank you so much. Thank you for supporting the show with those reviews. Uh, Those names are Chips Ahoy, uh, Bryslin B., Shriek and Catfan1223. Thank you so much for leaving those reviews. You have no idea how grateful I am to get your support, and th- that social proof really helps. And then, additionally, two other people I need to thank. One person, David Powell, for shooting me those emails and making recommendations of the people you want to hear from. Those referrals, those recommendations help so much. And then, lastly, Tanya Sanchez for just, uh, using my links and connecting with me. She's opening a restaurant and she made a point to reach out to me and uh, tell me the services she's looking to to get to find out if I had affiliation links with those people. Uh, She wants to support the show by using my links. And she had some great advice uh, for me and the podcast, things she noticed as a listener. So all those people, uh, thank you so much. Uh, Words can't explain how much I love the support and love it when you connect with me like that. So Recognition done. Now enjoy today's show. It's a good one. Here it is. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, David Long and Roger Bodwin. Roger, Dave, tell me you're feeling unstoppable today. Go ahead, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm unstoppable. I don't see any way to stop me, period, because I want to make sure I get it done every day, and I expect the same from my people. And I, I know yeah. I know you're feeling unstoppable, Roger. You know, every day I feel unstoppable. When you get <laughs> yeah. a passion for what you do and you get up yeah. every day just totally fired up, then you can't help but be unstoppable. All right. Well that said. is, well that said. is what I like to hear. So uh, just quick aerial views of our guests. I'll start with Roger. Uh, Roger is a successful restaurant tour who has founded and operated four restaurant and hospitality companies over the past, uh, I guess it's 19 years now. It was 18 years the last time I interviewed you, uh, 19 years now. Today he is focusing on a restaurant rock stars where he teaches basically everything he's learned over his years, uh, what's made him successful. He's teaching you uh, his tricks of the trade at restaurant rock stars also has a great podcast. You guys have to check out. I'll link to that in the show notes. And then uh, David along is the founder of my employees uh, where their mission is to provide all the necessary knowledge, tactics, skills, and products for employee engagement and recognition focused on frontline and service employees who interact daily with the customers. He's also uh, the author of built to lead uh, uh, a book I just finished this morning. Uh, great book. We'll talk a little bit about that book, I'm sure, during today's chat. But uh, <laughs> this is just an aerial view, gentlemen, of who you are, what you've accomplished. I guess we'll start with Roger to kind of fill in the blanks. Quickly, Roger, tell us a little bit more about yourself, what you're doing uh, right now with your business, and kind of just the, the bigger picture. Well, yeah, it's interesting. If you were to look at me from 30,000 feet, you would know that well, 20 years now ago, I started my first restaurant with no restaurant experience. It was kind of the school of hard knocks. I had to learn as I went along. But I found out that one of the absolute foundational elements to my success was leading my people by example and recognizing and rewarding them and praising them. And it wasn't just about monetary rewards. It was really about recognition and non-tangible rewards and making them feel good, elevating them training them, giving them opportunities, and all that stuff really led to my success. And that's why it's so appropriate that we're talking to David today, because he is an absolute specialist in that. Oh, man, I'm um, excited to get David's input on the today's discussion. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. So just to end quickly, so the, I sold my restaurants last year. I moved to Sun Valley, Idaho. And uh, about a year and a half, two years ago, I started a company called Restaurant Rockstars. And essentially what that means is, I am a, an industry consultant, but I also sell products online that, that elevate um, service levels in restaurants, train people how to recognize and reward their employees, and literally everything I've learned. I've got a new product that I'm launching next week. It's called the Restaurant Rockstars Academy, and if you were starting your first restaurant for the very first time, it would be absolutely soup to nuts, everything you would need to know to not only start that restaurant, to buy a piece of property, build a building, to lease a, a space, to buy an existing restaurant, to put a financial system in place, all kinds of systems, train your staff, you know, stay in compliance with all the regulations out there. Literally everything that I've learned in 20 years wow. in this product. So I'm working on that right now. Awesome. Uh, I'll be looking forward to seeing that hit the market. I'm sure um, our listeners will be looking forward to that as well. And David, why don't you give the folks just a huge aerial view of uh, what your story is and how you got to what you're doing today. Sure. First of all, I want to say it sounds like Roger and I are cut from the same cloth, so I like that. Uh, I started my company 26 years ago in mom and dad's garage after losing my job. Uh, gosh, I went after that, I, I went through seven jobs in three and a half years. <laughs> Probably would have killed myself and have a wife and three kids. Moved back home with mom and dad with my tail between my legs. Started my business in the garage in a five-foot, five, five-foot spot. Uh, today we do we did ten, ten and a half million. 
uh, last year, and we're in the top 1% of our industry in the recognition space, employee recognition engagement. Mm-hmm. And uh, we actually have over 11,000 active clients in the U.S. and Canada. Uh, Walmart is our biggest account, um, but we also do about over conservatively uh, around 3,000 restaurants mm-hmm. from various chains mostly. Awesome. Uh, that's, that, that pretty well covers it. I guess that's enough for that. Yeah. Well, I'm but, super excited. Uh, thank you for giving us the big picture. Uh, basically, what mm-hmm. we're talking about today is uh, the, you know, on the grand scale, the big, big picture is just culture. Like, why is culture so important? I think we're probably going to focus more specifically in uh, on like really just giving your employees that recognition and uh, getting behind them, providing the tools necessary uh, to be successful. And I really am excited to get the conversation started, but like always uh, I'm going to have you, David, since this is the first time you've been on the show, uh, have you share a success quote or mantra to get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling. So what do you have for us today? Zig Ziglar in essence said, to get what you want in life, you must first help other people get what they want. Mm. And uh, that sounds like what Roger does, and that's what I do. And I live that with my people. For example, today we have, which you, if you read my book, then you know that we do book clubs mm-hmm. every week, an hour a week. I pay my 61 employees, half on Wednesday morning at 10 and half on Thursday morning at 10. And we all read the same book, and we discuss a chapter or two. But it's not just books. We also do DVDs, that type thing. Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. And I highly recommend that every business person does this because it will radically change your culture. It will create a bond between your people that you cannot possibly do otherwise because you're just passing sometimes in the hall or if it's a restaurant and you're passing on shifts, you know, you're coming and going. Maybe you do something with some of the people, the rest of them you ignore. But in book club meetings, everybody it's kind of like you're almost naked i mean it's just we're, we share you know we share with each other we all read the same chapter and some people well, i've done probably 190 some interviews about my book now and a lot of people will say well if y'all read the same chapter and one person talks what they got out of it, everybody else goes uh amen okay we're done <laughs> that's not the case you know because everybody comes at it with their own life experience you know when i when i talk about uh something that happens you, you relate that to uncle bill and in my life, that was my Aunt Mary, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. And so everybody shares their story. And mm-hmm. it's not uncommon for our people, some of them, to break down and actually cry yeah. when they're reliving some of these situations. And that you bonds know, us together as a team. Storytelling, as long as like humanity has existed, as long as we've been on this planet, storytelling is how we've learned, how we've evolved, too. And I think that's something really important behind that. But uh, awesome. Right. And I, I'm really happy that you started with uh, just talking about uh, it's really, if you want to be successful in life, it, it really just starts with helping other people. And that is uh, over 210 interviews or episodes now here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Mm-hmm. That is probably the biggest thing I've noticed amongst all the successful restaurateurs I've had on the show is really what they are doing. They're restaurateurs, but what at the core of who they are, they're investing in the talents and strengths and the, the futures of the people that work for them. And that's what makes Absolutely. them successful. And it's really exciting just to, to grow. When I first started this podcast, Roger, David, I, I had to really know, I had, maybe had an idea of what made people successful. Uh, and I was asking all the wrong questions, I feel like. It was about, like, what are you serving, ambiance, all this other stuff. <laughs> and I started slowly, after listening to all these successful people, slowly realizing that, holy crap, <laughs> it starts with you. It has nothing to do with your restaurants, who you are personally, uh, who you are, it, and it actually, how you help it, other people. Yeah, it actually comes down to one word, and I, and I share this uh, with our company, and, and they, 
you know, talk to our 11,000 plus clients. And it comes down to one word and one word only significance. Mm. You as the owner of the restaurant show your employees, they matter to you. Mm-hmm. Our clients, we have to show them they matter to us, but we tell them you have to make sure your employees know that they matter to you or you will not be successful. You will constantly be rebuilding a team and you're like going around with flat tires on your car. Yeah. You know, awesome. you're not going to be successful unless your people are successful. And it's like Zig says, if they're not successful, you're not going to be. Mm-hmm. And you will be by default mm-hmm. if you are constantly building your people. I'm mm-hmm. getting ready to go to Japan, by the way. I'm taking three of my people. And we're going on a, on a, on a lean manufacturing tour of Toyota and Lexus and their suppliers. And the president of Lexus said this, and this is huge. He said, the number one thing that I am responsible for every day is not building cars. It is building my people. Mm. And if you build your people and you treat your people like they matter, they will treat your restaurant visitors as as if they matter because they do. Mm -hmm. There is no success without them, and there is no success without your people to serve them. Yeah, and Roger, let me let me get your thoughts on this. Uh, what would you like to say to chime in and contribute to this this little chat we're having so far? Well, yeah, it, it's it's interesting. Dave said earlier that we're kind of cut from the same cloth, and it is absolutely true. And I think all this sort of resonated with me when I read the book because it's like light bulbs are going off all over the mm-hmm. place, and I've had those experiences in my restaurant. And you know, we just said build your people first, and they'll build your company. And as mm-hmm. I said earlier, that was really the foundation of what made my restaurant successful. And you know that the restaurant business is highly transient. So yes. I like I, I use this word, you know, dream team, because over time, if you treat your people well, then, you know, the best employees rise to the top. And in my experience, you know, <laughs> it became this company culture, this family where everyone really cared about each other. And it wasn't employees in a restaurant, and I wasn't their owner, their manager. I was their friend, their leader, their inspiration. But we were all in the same, you know, we were all in the same yeah. situation with a common goal of giving the best possible experience to our restaurant customer. And nobody was too important to do anything, regardless of, you know, what position you had in the restaurant. I taught my people to notice what the guest sees before the guest sees it, you know, yeah, and fix right. the things that are broken. And, you know, it wasn't uncommon that my management team, myself, we'd be busting tables, we'd be fixing wobbly tables, we'd be cleaning the windows before the doors opened. It didn't matter, but notice what the guest sees. And this whole culture, you know, build your people first and they'll build your company. I'm really proud to say that I had a lot of people that started at the bottom and they ended up becoming managers. I had two dishwashers that became kitchen managers in my, in my you know, best restaurant. So, you know, and there's numerous <laughs> stories like that. So. You know, I can go on all day about this stuff, but the things that Dave teaches, you know, the philosophies and how he runs his company is, is it's not complicated. It's simple, but nope. it's That's lost right. on so many managers out there. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like these concepts are, and managers fail because they don't lead. Well, maybe it starts at the top and a manager doesn't lead because the owner of the company didn't lead or train the manager how to lead. And then it just trickles down mm-hmm. to the line staff and then you get a disaster. Yep. Roger, real real quick, Roger, get specific. I really want you to dive into an example. Uh, Like David said, it's about building and, uh, you know, developing your people and really investing in your people. So give me an example, Dave, or Roger, sorry, of when you actually did that, like where where you invested in one of your people to help grow them personally and how you as the owner uh, benefited from that. 
Well, that's easy. And, and the, the answer to that, the short answer is I started my first restaurant again 20 years ago, and I had no experience. My absolute first employee was a 15-year-old high school kid. And he started as a dishwasher in my restaurant, and he worked for me for about 18 years, and he rose to manage the kitchen. He, he led the kitchen for, I don't know, five, six, seven years, long, long time. And then all of the things he learned from me, he was able to open and purchase his own restaurant. So he started from a dishwasher, had no college education, finished high school, you know, worked his way up through my seasonal restaurant. It was only open four months a year, and he ultimately bought his own restaurant, and then he just sold it last year, and was now this, he's moving on to other things. So it's incredible the power of these concepts. Was this Mr. Wolf that you mentioned before? Is that my off? Oh, that's another story. No, uh, Matt Wolf, he's the guy that bought my restaurant last year, and uh, that's right. he was a bartender for a couple of years in my place, and he ended up building my business. But he shared the same <clears> philosophies, and he, um, you know, he owns a couple other restaurants, and he does he does very similar things. And I think he learned a lot working at our place that he then translated into his own restaurant. But he's doing quite well as well. Uh, the guy I was talking about, his name is Brian, and awesome. you know, I'll never forget Brian because again, he started with me at 15 years old, and he was with me for a long, long time, and then he opened his own restaurant and purchased it, and you know, operated it successfully, sold it, and now he's on to the next thing. So, you know, he obviously gained a lot along the way, and, and he was a strong leader that developed his people as well. Got you. So real quick, David, uh, during Roger's story, he was talking about how people, like he developed a culture where everyone's always moving around, fixing wobbly tables. That culture of excellence, those, those standards of excellence, <laughs> what can we do in our restaurant to – to kind of set that standard of excellence. Uh, and I, I mean, I've witnessed it where I've been in the restaurant industry and people are, you know, it's slow and people are kind of just goofing off. And I mean, I feel like there's always opportunity to, to grow and to take things to the next level. So, I mean, what can we do as business owners to really establish that culture? Well, obviously it starts at the top. Uh, one book that uh, I think would be good for both of you to read. And we're reading right now book club, by the way, is called two second lean. And it is the number two, as in, you know, one, two, <laughs> but the two, twosecondlean.com. Go to forward slash books, and you'll be able to get a free copy of it. It's actually, uh, it's not anything I make any money or anything on. It's just, it's an awesome book, and my employees and I are loving it. All right. It's all about culture. It's all about culture, guys, okay? So that's why I'm mentioning it. And you'll yeah. really get a lot out of it. Now, as far as what you do with your people, uh, to, you, want to, you want them to take ownership is the phrase you're looking for. Mm -hmm. And when somebody takes ownership, they see a piece of paper on the floor, they pick it up. Mm -hmm. You know, if you see your employees are walking by every imaginable thing that is wrong and not doing anything about it, they are not taking ownership. And you want to empower them. You want to celebrate their victories, how well they do. One of the things we teach uh, at restaurants, if they want – obviously, we tie – like the employee recognition program to the success of the company, mm -hmm. to the success of the restaurant. So how do you pick your winners? Well, if you want to make money in the restaurant business, you better be selling some doggone drinks, appetizers, and desserts, because that's where your real money is. Mm -hmm. So when you incentivize that and say, guys, you get a point for this and a point for that, and maybe you got too much salmon in the kitchen, you need to get rid of it. Okay, guys, we're incentivizing the sales of salmon today. Or we need to, you know, we incentivize the sales of this particular dessert. We got too much of it. You know, whatever it is, you tie it to the success of the company, but you make sure that your people are part of a team. Again, it comes down from you first. Mm -hmm. You have to make them feel like they matter and that they're significant. And if you do, they'll follow you to the end of the earth. 
Absolutely. So what I have written down as far as the, the answer to developing that culture of excellence is uh, provide incentives, what's in it for them, and uh, treat them like they matter. Um, so, Roger, uh, give me yeah. an example of a time where you treated one of your employees like they mattered, like where you just went above and beyond what you're required to do as far as providing a paycheck. Like where did you really treat somebody like they mattered? Well, it happened every single week. Um, we had a very simple program that I created a long, long time ago, and we called it Different Dollars. And essentially what that meant was um, we would recognize, it started out by recognizing two people every week, and then it turned into four people. Our busiest nights were Friday and Saturday in the restaurant. So each night before the doors opened, uh, Friday and a Saturday, I would call the entire staff together. And on, the, on those nights, we'd have 30 or 40 people working in this restaurant. Mm-hmm. And no one would know who was going to be singled out, you know, and I would literally get up there and I would recognize two people and I would talk about how they made a difference. Either they made a difference in a guest experience by either improving it or solving a problem or taking particularly great care of a guest, or maybe they were a team member to one of the other staff people that they worked with and they jumped in to help somebody, whatever it was, it was a variety of reasons and it changed every single week. And we recognized people all the time, but we singled out four people a week. And the difference dollars came in where we would literally, after I would, you know, bring them up front and talk about what they did that made a difference, I'd present them with a can of Red Bull with a $20 bill take to it. You know, so we'd give out 80 bucks a week. And that was a small investment in a 21-week season in the kind of productivity and, and the caring and the initiative that these staff would take. And over time, we found that everyone would rise to the challenge, whether they got recognized or not, you'd almost be singled out if you weren't part of that culture, contributing, noticing, fixing, enhancing, you know, giving great experiences and helping your team. And that's literally what built the dream team. That was just one key element. We did lots of other things, but that was one of the more powerful ones. Yeah, I think it's so important to develop these. Uh, it's really uh, one of the other huge lessons I've learned in doing this podcast is systematizing your business and creating systems, processes, procedures, even down to like a reward program. I mean, we have reward programs for our guests. Why wouldn't we have reward programs for our staff? You know, why wouldn't you show them that you really care? And um, I, yeah, definitely create that, build that into your business, that reward opportunity and those, those programs to really just show your, your employees who care. And uh, one example I can think of, uh, which is not necessarily uh, a system that was built into a restaurant where I was rewarded for something, but I have uh, this gentleman, these two guys I've been working for at Pizza Place growing up through high school, through college, after college, while I was a commercial pilot working and just trying to pick up some extra cash there. My first commercial aviation gig flying out in Saipan, um, I had a, not a dollar to my name. And I was going out there with maybe $100 in my checking account, the other side of the world. And he just threw me $1,000 and said, you can't go to the other side of the world, you know, without something behind you. And he also gave me a, my, my, a suit for my first interview. Like, he was always there for me, always those little extra things to show me that he cared about me and my my progress in, uh, as a person, as, a, as an individual growing personally. I think it's another thing, too, that's worth mentioning. What do you think about that, David? Well, you have to, again, you have to make sure that you are there and that you, again, you have to prove to them that you care. Mm-hmm. I can, I, good gracious, I can go over and over again of the things. For example, you have a situation sometimes where an employee sadly will go through a divorce or something. Mm-hmm. And maybe they, or I had a situation recently where a, a guy and his wife were divorced and 
his wife was trying to disappear with the child and he had to have an attorney and he didn't have enough money. So he came to me and I, I loaned him the money, no interest. So yeah. that he could go. And now he has the child. You know, mm-hmm. these are things off the wall. Someone, you know, need their car broke down and they didn't have enough money to buy a car. You mm-hmm. know, a situation like that. I had a, an employee who uh, was, was to- their car was totaled. And, you know, as well as I do, when they lose their car, that you have to have money for down payment because they don't replace the whole car, mm-hmm. all the money. So, you know, they were 2500 short, and I, I gave her the $2,500. Yeah, you know, no. these are just things that endear my people to me. Yeah, you know, they've been fiercely loyal—not just loyal, but fiercely loyal to me. Yeah, because no, they realize nobody else would have done that for me. What happens in the long run, though? Like, what is like the long-term significance of what happens when you put your employees first and you invest in them, and they're like above and beyond, like so, something that you have no obligation to do? Like, what happens in the long run? Well. You know, a loyalty, again, it starts from you and it, it ultimately comes from them. And it's just, it's reciprocal. You know, I had a young fellow who worked for me uh, who told me one time, Dave, I really like working and playing with these graphics and playing with these logos. And I said, really? I said, okay. i tell you what, I got some courses on uh, being better at graphics and you can learn these things. i tell you what, you'll be more beneficial and more of service to the company and obviously, it could very possibly turn into something. Mm-hmm. And I let him go with him, and he played with him, and he came back. And, and ultimately, I said, if you're getting this good, I tell you what, when we hit $8 million in sales, I'm going to make this position for you full time. He was like, wow. You know, <laughs> so he just kept learning it, and he learned it, and he learned it, and he was phenomenal at it. And as soon as we did it, I kept my word, and he just – I used him as an example of stretch, become more so you can make more. Yeah. And have more in life. You know, you have to put the effort in. I tell people, you don't go to the fireplace and say, give me heat, man, I'll give you some wood. Yeah. You know, you don't, go to the, you don't go to the field and say, give me some crops and I'll give you some seeds. Mm-hmm. It's first things first. Like I said, if they know you care about them, they will do just about anything. For you. Absolutely. For sure. And uh, your words remind me so much of a great book that I love called The Go-Giver. If you guys haven't checked yeah. it out, I, I'm sure you'd both love it. Um, yes. Roger, yep. can you give me an example of a time where uh, it paid off for you uh, going above and beyond and how that's come back to serve you in the long run? Yeah, I guess the big picture is, you know, that just going back to that lead by example concept. I would say for the first 15 years of my restaurant, you know, before I had small children and whatnot, I was there all the time. And mm-hmm. I was tied to my restaurant like so many other restaurant owners are. And mm-hmm. I was the owner. It was a very successful place. But I wasn't. I didn't think of myself as a manager. I just considered myself one of the team. Mm-hmm. And I, like I said, I'd be busting tables. I'd be answering the phone, doing takeout orders. And people noticed that, and they recognized it. So in turn, they went above and beyond because that was just, you know, how it was done. That became the culture of our company. And the, the most difficult thing was to run a business on four months a year when you're closed eight months. Mm-hmm. And when you're at a ski resort and you're dependent on weather and it's snowing and all those other things, you've got to put a heck of a lot of people through that business and sell a lot of product to make the numbers work. And I think that those people, you know, all jumped in and they all went above and beyond to make that happen in the lean season. <clears throat> and they made sacrifices for me because I had made sacrifices for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, other, there were opportunities where I loaned money to people too, uh, very similar to what Dave said. So. Yeah. All of those things just build a culture, and it's really – it just all comes down to culture. Absolutely. And you, either, you know, you just take these 
these very simple concepts, but if you don't embrace them and practice them every single day, then your competitors are just going to run right over you. Yeah, for sure. And uh, a great example of how just uh, going that extra mile and uh, being there for your uh, employees, like David says, uh, adding wood to the fire and then getting heat in, in the long run, it really does pay off in the, in the you know for all of us. So real quick, we just got to take a break to thank our sponsors. We'll be right back. Looking to increase sales in your restaurant? There's only three ways to make that happen. Attract new customers, increase check averages, and increase the frequency your customers visit. RestaurantPromo.net gives you free case studies, strategies, and how-to guides to do all of the above. RestaurantPromo.net is your go-to place to get ahead in business and in life. Again, that's RestaurantPromo.net. Get on it. Systematizing and managing your restaurant can be difficult. Between service providers, software, and people you employ, you can find yourself and these processes spread all over the place. What if you could bring all these systems and processes to one place where you could easily manage and automate it all? Well, now you can with QSR Online. For over a decade now, QSR Online has been helping restaurants minimize their costs and gain time back in their lives. To learn more, head over to go.qsronline.com slash unstoppable. We're back, and uh, I just have a couple more questions for you guys, things uh, that really stood out to me in the book uh, that I just think would be a great lesson to share with our listeners. And that was talking about the importance of removing poor employees. Uh, why is that so significant? Uh, talk to us what poor employees can do to our culture. Uh, they destroy it. Yeah. Are you talking about me or you want uh, – Yeah, let's, let's, let's start with uh, Dave real quick, and then, uh, Roger, you can kind of give us an example of when that happened to you. What's that song, One Bad Apple Spoils the Whole Bunch? Uh, that yeah. pretty well qualifies as how it should be with culture as well. Uh, that's one thing we don't tolerate. Mm-hmm. If someone has a bad attitude, uh, we talk to them about it. If they don't fix it, it's adios muchachos mm. uh, because we're not going to tolerate it because it can destroy your culture. I used to have a guy that worked for me. He was a salesperson, and every time somebody had a complaint, they would go to this guy because they didn't have enough cojones to say anything apparently, but they would come. This guy would come with the person, and he would be the spokesman of the complaint. I used to call him the godfather of wine, W-H-I-N-E, <laughs> and uh, I canned his butt. It's so funny because we promoted a new sales manager, and he came to me, and he said, I'm a little aggravated that you didn't consider me for that position. I'm going like, are you kidding me? I said, the last thing I'm going to have is somebody on my management team who whines all the time. He goes, what are you talking about? And about that time, one of the, one of the managers walked by, and I said, Travis, come here. I said, who's the biggest complainer and whiner in the company? He said, Jeff. He's <laughs> the guy standing right next to him. So I was like, oh, and he was like dumbfounded oh, that, I said that, that we both said that. He was like totally clueless. Yeah, but that's you, the thing you can't you can't tolerate that. You know, and especially when you're you're working your your butt off and you look to your left and the the person that is supposed to be your you know your uh, your colleague is doing half the amount of work that you're doing and then they're getting paid just the same. Well, how is that going to encourage people to really pick up the pace when, you know, they're working so hard? And, like, you, I think the example you give in the book is, like, when you have, like, 10 or 15 people pulling in one direction and then that one person's kind of, like, hanging out and you're going to drag them with you, um, it just brings everybody down. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're talking about my uh, – you're talking about my world-class 
U.S. and the uh, versus the average U.S. Yes, yes, yeah. With exactly. the with the ten the ten Clydesdales pulling a jackass sitting down. <laughs> exactly. That's, yeah. That's the average. That's a world class company. Ten to one ratio. And yeah. that's a Gallup organization, by the way. But yeah. the average U.S. company is only two to one. And oh. to make it worse, Gallup just came out recently where they said fifty one percent of your best people guys are looking to leave you right now. Why? Mm-hmm. Two reasons. First of all, you're not giving them the recognition they crave to make them feel significant and that they matter. Secondly, A players don't want to work with C players. Mm-hmm. And if they see you wasting your time on incompetence when you could be helping them increase their performance within the company and their pay, if especially if they're on some type of commission, like restaurants are as far as mm-hmm. a lot of times with you know the success they have as far as their tips, that's their commission if you want to call it that. But uh, that's the key, is you will not have A players tolerating those lower-tiered people like in C players. They're just not going to do it. Absolutely. And, uh, Roger, can you think of an example of when this happens in your your restaurant, uh, what you're doing, like what happened? Did you maybe – I know one thing, like for me, when I'm in a management position, I really – I always look at myself, and if somebody's not doing their job, instead of saying you're not doing your job, I'm like, I didn't do something right. There's something I messed up that is – you know, the reason why you're not doing your job. So I tend to like give people a lot of cushion before I say you have to get out of here because I think I give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe it's my fault. Maybe I didn't explain something to you. Uh, but I mean, is that an example? Has that happened to you, Roger? Like what, what's this, an example of when you maybe worked with somebody and they weren't picking up the slack or, or putting in the same effort as somebody else? Did you cut them? Uh, like how did that go down with you? Well, I could. I have so much to say about that. I mean, we had certain standards that everyone was held accountable for. We obviously had, you know, really frequent performance reviews. But when we first hired people, we would sit them down and we would give them a job description, what we called key results. And it made it very, very clear between the staff person and their manager what the expectations of that performance was. And then that performance was regularly reviewed both in the beginning of their employment and then ongoing. So, you know, that certainly helps, but I think an even bigger picture is when I first, you know, opened that restaurant 20 years ago, you know, we were in a seasonal location at a ski resort and getting good help was hard to find and, and lots of businesses struggle with finding good help. So you tend to hire warm bodies, which is not the solution, but mm-hmm. sometimes you have to. So we had an employee right from the get-go in the first couple of weeks, and she was a female employee that, that literally – you know, she acted like she was the owner of the business, but not in a good way. She was constantly coming up to me, sort of criticizing the decisions I was making, telling me, you should do things this way. You should do things that way. We should do this. We should do that. And it was driving me crazy. So mm. we got rid of her pretty quickly. And then that sort of created this mantra that drove the business forward. And it was as simple as weed the garden. So we mm. would hire new seasonal employees every year. And we would give them a very short period of time to either assimilate that job description key results, or we would weed the garden and get rid of them. And then over time, that also helped to build the dream team. Mm-hmm. And then it became less and less difficult to find good employees. And to, to end the story, you know, the last so many years of my business, I didn't have to fire anyone anymore because that person, a new hire, either fit into the culture or it became very, very uncomfortable for them to stay because the rest of the team kind of voted that person off the island. Mm -hmm. And they made it very easy for that person to leave. And it became this, you know, that was part of the culture too. 
So the expectations and the bar was set really, really high. Everybody had a very clear idea of what those expectations were, and everyone was pulling together and pulling more than their weight, and being part of that family was important to them, and they didn't want anyone that didn't fit because that morale was going to bring down that culture, like Dave was saying. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing too, um, uh, just attitude. Uh, I feel like if you have that person, uh, maybe they're doing everything that you're asking them to do, uh, but their attitude isn't there and they're coming in. And I think Danny Myers calls it skunking. Uh, you come in and that one person is just stinky as stinky can be like that cheese in the beard that you're talking about there in your book. Uh, and they're just so stinky that they stink out and they skunk everybody around them and they just bring the morale down. Um, and I mean, I think attitude is another thing that we need to, to touch upon on this topic of uh, culture and, um, you know, how, how can you reward your employees? Well, you can show up every day with that right attitude and be positive because if you're at the top of that, uh, you know, the leader at the top of the uh, hierarchy, even though I'm not a huge fan of hierarchies, but if you're at the head of your, the company and you're coming up with that great attitude every day, I mean, what impact is that going to have on your business, David? Well, it's a daily thing. Every day you come in, you have to check your attitude. Mm -hmm. Everybody has personal things that happen in their life that could affect their attitude. We have to check that stuff at the door because you have to perform, especially in the leadership position. If they see you coming in in a bad mood, I I just tell you what happened yesterday. One of my business friends just got an amazing salesperson from a competitor. Why? Because the competitor would come in and rant and rave. Pardon me about the cuckoo clock here. Uh, they would come in ranting and raving and, and, and throw chairs and uh, doing the Bobby Knight impression, I guess, yeah. you know, where, when, with their employees. Well, this guy got sick and tired of it. So he actually went to work for my friend. And the guy who owned the company that he left called up my friend and cursed him out and everything else, saying, what are you doing taking my person? He just basically said, he came to us. Mm-hmm. We didn't pursue him. Mm-hmm. He came because he said he couldn't stand the environment. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it starts at the top. Yeah. So you control that. You stop it if it's a problem. You definitely don't want to be the problem yourself. But if somebody else is an issue, then you handle it. Yeah. Because you're either, you're either adding or you're detracting. Mm-hmm. You're either becoming part as a positive influence on the culture or a negative influence. Yeah. Negative is not tolerated. Yeah, and that kind of reminds me of two things that you mentioned in the book, and this is just so fresh to me because I just finished reading it. Um, you're either growing or you're, you know, you're you're getting worse. And there's no. That's right. And I feel like you got to show up every day with that attitude to uh, to grow your company, not just you personally, but you you got to show up with that positivity every day because if you're gonna show up with, on the negative side, you're gonna go in the wrong direction, and then you have to take you know you take one step forward, two steps back. That's just not worth. Yeah. And another quote nope. I want to share from this book is uh, the great, the greatest weapon against stress is our ability to choose one thought over the other. I think that that last part of that quote is your ability to choose one thought over the others. Uh, we have the ability to, to choose to be positive, to have that good attitude. So if you're catching yourself in, in a bad place, I mean, what can we do uh, you know, to, to tell ourselves to, to make that choice. Can you think of anything, Roger or David, that you, you do in your lives to make that choice, to show up with the right attitude? Go ahead, Roger. Well, you know, absolutely. Um, well, again, if you've got a passion for what you do and if you can instill other people to develop their skills so that they have a passion for what they do, then that is just a natural progression like David said, you know, everyone has personal problems in their life. But we used to tell them, yeah, leave your problems at the door 
And the restaurant business is probably one of the most visible businesses because half the employees, if not more, are coming into contact and interacting with your customer and they're a reflection of your business. So unless you're training them to be positive, care about what you're doing, have a passion for you know, for what you do, then the guest is getting negative impressions. And mm-hmm. I've, I've found so, so early in my career, I found that what your staff say and do and how they act in front of your customer can absolutely sabotage your business if you don't train them to care and train them in what's important in your philosophy for your business. Mm, absolutely. So true. And um, I think, you know, I, I've covered a lot of the big things that I want to ask uh, or to create conversation around in today's com- or chat. But uh, one thing I, I want to talk about um, is, we, you know, we, one of the things we, we really wanted to drive home in today's discussion was uh, just rewarding. So uh, I know, Roger, you're a huge fan of what David is doing with my employees. Uh, let's talk about uh, your program and uh, how the, the one thing we can do is just to show people with something physical, uh, like like a plaque, uh, to show that you really truly do uh, care for your employees. So let's talk about that before I wrap it up, and uh, just as one thing we can do to show our appreciation. Well, if we have restaurant owners listening, again, I'm no longer a restaurant owner or an operator, but one of the most powerful things we did was every single season we asked all of our suppliers, and we had food service suppliers, we had liquor suppliers. And all these companies have these giant warehouses, and they, they have, you know, just rooms and rooms of all this stuff that they either had for a promotion or parties or whatever that they didn't end up using, and they're glad to get rid of it. So we would ask them for T-shirts and hats and hoodies mm-hmm. and, and anything that's literally kicking around, and we filled closets with neon bar signs and clothing items. We even got big ticket items like TV sets and skis and snowboards and golf clubs. And it was crazy the stuff Mm -hmm. these people had. And just because we did business with them and we asked for it, they gave us this stuff. We in Mm -hmm. turn gave it to our staff as recognition rewards, wherein I'd be wandering around the kitchen, catching people doing something great, going above and beyond. And I'd say, hey, thank you so much for doing that. We so appreciate your work in here. Hey, take a walk into the closet and pick out something you like. You want to, you know, you want to have, you want to, a pair of skis, it's like, it's your choice. Go for yeah. it. And we had so much stuff, and we did this constantly, and it became so powerful. And it didn't cost me anything, you know, and, and it, was, it wasn't it was monetary, but it had value. But I guess the bigger picture was they, they just felt, they just left with that, that, you know, that warm feeling like, wow, he cares that I care. He noticed me, and look at what I've got because of it. And that's not the reason why I should be working this hard, but just the fact that my owner, my employee, my manager cares, you know, is going to make me work that much harder. And it becomes part of that culture. And that was a super powerful thing that we did. You know, and, and we gave, yeah, we just I, gave away tons of stuff year after year. And it was so fun just to work there. It was part I, of our culture. You know, just the experience of being recognized to, to stop everything. When you say, Hey, let's take a moment to, you know, recognize Susie for what she did today. Let's all just stop and be in this moment together to say, you know, you've done such a great yeah. job and then go get something and then come back and hold that something and everybody clapping for you in that one moment. I mean, people just want to be recognized and appreciated. And I, I feel like, and I have to be honest, um, completely transparent, honest. Uh, when I first found out about my employees, uh, Roger actually introduced me to you folks. And I was a little like, uh, it seems a little cheesy. Like, I don't know everybody's going to be <laughs> like that. I'm, yeah. I'm being completely transparent, but then something happened. 
David, your people sent me a plaque in the mail, and it has my logo, <laughs> Restaurant Unstoppable on it, yeah, number one restaurant yeah. podcast, and I freaking lit up. I was excited. I was happy. <laughs> it wasn't even like a legitimate. It was just like something, but I was like, crap. I was like, holy shit. Wow. I was like, this stuff works. <laughs> Part of my language. <laughs> but it's it's so uh, those things can have a huge impact. Whether it's a, a physical like a, a skis or a, a, a hat or a t shirt from a closet or a physical plaque when you stop and you give something tangible to somebody and you everybody stops to acknowledge that person's work. I mean that impact, how significant is that impact and that, that experience on your employees? I call that lightning in a bottle, Eric. <laughs> yep, yep. That's good. That's yeah. good. You can capture lightning in a bottle every day. Like, how powerful could that be? And if you can share that lightning, you know? Yeah. It's like those are powerful moments that you just can't put a price on. And they elevate your company and your culture. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's yeah, it's just too powerful. And there's just too many companies out there that just don't get the power of that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, and uh, Dave, did you want to add anything to that? Oh, you know, let me say uh, plaques. Plaques are a tool. Mm-hmm. Plaques are not the deal. Yeah. Plaques are a part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to determine, you know, what, and it's, it's great. I like what Roger said about the closet. And I had actually heard, uh, I was listening to a podcast before and heard Roger on there basically talking about that and the closet. I thought that was unique. Uh, one of the things we do, we look for ways to celebrate our people at every opportunity. And what we do is a lot of times my people, they like what they call Dave time uh, with me. And I will grab a, a bunch of our people and I'll say, let's go to lunch. And we will go and they will we just, I just sit there and I listen to what they have to say. Uh, you know, I, I look, as I said, for opportunities. I actually created a chart, which every business out there can use this. It's free. And it is called the employee recognition reminder chart. Mm-hmm. And Gallup, for example, found that for over, uh, they said that the average, pardon me, the average employee said in, in America last year that 65% of them said that they had received no recognition from their manager in the last year. But when Gallup asked employees how often you want to be recognized, it's seven to 10 days. Mm-hmm. There's a slight disconnect. So what I did was is I took a month and I divided that by three. And that is 10 days. So I had a, this idea came to me, by the way, on vacation. I took 27 weeks off last year mm-hmm. on vacation. So this is one of my, this is one of them that paid for it. Uh, I, I had my graphics guy create that chart with three different columns, put the date in the front of it. And all the way to the left, you put all the people in your restaurant or all the people in your department. And what you do is, is you have three columns. So it represents every 10 days and you want to find something guys. To recognize, I want to recognize you, Roger, for something during that 10-day period. I want to find mm-hmm. something that you're doing right. I want to find some some way to say, Roger, you did a phenomenal job in stepping up yesterday to help when we were short of help. We had a few people that were sick, whatever, they didn't show up, and you stepped up. I just want you to know I am really impressed, and I just want you to I appreciate you taking ownership and helping us out. Mm-hmm. And that's specific. You remember what Zig Ziglar said? He said, don't be a a wandering generality, be a meaningful specific. If I tell you, you're doing a great job, man, that's BS. You don't believe that. That's just generic junk. But when I tell you specifically why I'm recognizing you, you will remember that. Mm. So whatever and however you do it, you be specific and let people know they matter. And again, they want significance. 
Yeah, and I mean, even just not even like those grand moments where you're hitting a plaque and everyone's recognizing you for that uh, specific uh, action they did, but in the moment when they do it, take that time to stop and recognize. If you see it happen and you recognize it, say something. That that goes so far just to acknowledge it in the moment uh, to reinforce those positive uh, those positive uh, just actions and things that behaviors people are doing. And uh, I think we're about Here, here's one thing. Eric, let, yeah. me, let me say this right fast. When you are presenting the plaque, you don't just say, okay, here's Eric. He's the employee of the month. <laughs> no. You say why Eric is employee yeah, of the month. Yeah, you yeah. use powerful metrics. You say mm-hmm. Eric was number one in appetizer sales. You know, Eric was number two in uh, uh, dessert sales. Yeah. He was number one in, in drink sales, whatever. You know, make everybody needs to know why Eric was chosen. Mm-hmm. For sure, uh, and then yeah. it's not a per- and then and then it's not a personality contest. No, because if absolutely. you don't say specifics, they'll go like you like Eric better than me. That's why you gave it to him. No, and no, I can think of a great tool to help you with that if you're not using it already. Swipely, I know Roger, you're a huge advocate of Swipely as well. It gives you those specifics yeah. of how people are are performing and who's doing what numbers and who's selling what and who's bringing in uh, what money. So uh, that's a, a great tool that you can use to kind of chart out who's doing what and then being able to reward them at the end of the month or the end of the year. Uh, having those, those physical numbers there to back up why you're rewarding people. Uh, a great tool, a swipe. You can either ask Roger or myself about that service. Awesome stuff. They do so much more, but uh, just one idea I had. And uh, I think we can wrap it up now. And uh, let's just wrap it up real quickly uh, by letting the folks at home know uh, how can we connect? Uh, if we want to learn more about the Restaurant Rockstar Online Academy, Roger, you got going on, how can we connect uh, to learn more about that? And then I'll give you, David, a chance to tell the folks how to connect with you. Yeah, thank you. Um, well, it's as simple as going to uh, www.restaurantrockstars.com, and stars is plural. And we're like I said, we're about a week away from launching the Academy, but all the information is up on that website, and when it goes live, um, you know, you can find out about it by simply giving me your email address. And, you know, I, I don't share email addresses, and I protect your information, but I do offer lots of free advice on running a better restaurant operation, a tighter financial ship, recognizing and rewarding employees, and giving great service to your customer in my weekly podcast. And you can subscribe to that simply by just giving me your email address, and then you get updates on anything we're doing as a company, and that's how you'll find out about the Academy and when it goes live. Awesome. And uh, go ahead, Dave. Let's uh, find out how we connect with you. Uh, you can reach me at, uh, well, the, the company number, my employees, myemployees.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can reach us at 1-800-489-0230. You can also reach me at David Long at myemployees.com. Or if, you're, uh, if you do this, by the way, if you go to Amazon and buy my book, the hardback copy, and send me an email, at David Long at Top 10 Manager, that's Top T-O-P-1-0 Manager, uh, and you put in the subject line, send me an email, and say I bought the hardback version, I will send you the Kindle version for free, which sells for 10 bucks. I'll also send you the workbook that helps you maximize what you get from it. Awesome. So that helps you out. And uh, to find all those links, if you are in your car driving and you don't have a chance to write this down, just head over to restaurantsunstoppable.com slash 212. This is episode 212. I'll have all the links right there for you. Uh, and it's a, a summary of everything we discussed today. 
Roger, David, thank you so much for taking the time of your very busy schedules to join us uh, to talk about the importance of recognizing your staff and to develop that culture. Uh, there is no questioning. The two of you are unstoppable. <laughs> thank, thank you. Eric. That's awesome. Really enjoyed it. Thank you, David, as well. It's great talking to you and uh, super. You too, Roger. Cheers. Thank you, okay. Well, I told you it was going to be a good one. If you're not pumped up, if your pulse isn't up just a little bit right now, if you're not ready to go into work tomorrow, just ready to make things better and to start making a change in the culture of your restaurant, start treating your employees better, start treating the people that uh, you manage better, then I don't know, like, you're hopeless. Like, because you, I'm, I'm at a loss of words <laughs> if, you, if you're not pumped up after today's interview. These guys have great advice. They know what they're talking about. They're proven successful. This is what they do. Um, you know, just the biggest lesson is just you can't expect out of your employees what you won't uh, give to your employees. Like David said, you can't get heat from the wood stove if you don't add wood first. And I'm sick of people hearing all the time, it's so hard to find good people. Uh, you can't find good people. Well, are you a good person to work for? Are you doing everything you possibly can to be the best place for somebody to work? And, um, you know, it's not easy. I get it. It's not easy. It's a, it's big talk. It's one thing to say to do it. It's another thing to actually show up every day and to, to be there for your employees. But I'm telling you, it will pay off in the long run if you, if you just really make your restaurant, your business about serving others. And like we started the interview with Zig Ziglar, um, you can accomplish anything in life if you make your life about helping other people. You, you can do anything your life will just take off in um, awesome stuff. Uh, some calls to action, guys. Uh, things you need to do after listening to this interview. Head over to the show notes. This is episode 213. So restaurantunstoppable.com slash 213. You'll find the links to everything we discussed today. Uh, most importantly, you'll find the links to uh, Roger's website, restaurantrockstars.com. Uh, he's coming out with that Rockstar Academy any day now. So go to the show notes, episode 213, Restaurant Unstoppable slash 213. Find the links to his podcast, subscribe to his podcast, and uh, listen for that, and uh, stay tuned. And let him know that if you do decide to go with the, the Rockstar Academy, that you discovered him through Restaurant Unstoppable. Uh, that will help support the show. And then secondly, uh, read David's book, Built to Lead. Uh, he's coming back on the show in a few weeks, maybe a month. Uh, he's going away on vacation. He'll be back soon. After we finish up this this interview, I asked him to come back on the show to discuss his book, to dive into uh, what he calls rewards, uh, which is a seven uh, you know seven things you can do to be a top ten percent manager. I don't know about you guys, but it's it's like gold, like it, the top seven things you can do to be in the, the top ten percentile of managers in all fields, not just restaurants. So it's going to be an invaluable interview. Um, so read his book. Uh, you get a month. It's an easy read, like 170, 180 pages, maybe a little bit more. But I'm telling you, it's a super easy read. Uh, short bites, little paragraphs. Like you'll chew right through it, and you'll be better because of it. So head to the show notes, Restaurant Unstoppable slash 213. Find the links to David's book, Built to Lead. And if you buy the hardcover, like you said, he will give you a free uh, PDF or Kindle version of that book and a manual to get the most out of the book. So uh, what are you waiting for? Head over to the show notes. Take advantage of that. And like always, please support the show. 
Give me those five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Use my links and connect with me. Tell me who you want to hear from. Eric at RestaurantUnstoppable.com. I love connecting with my guests. I love answering their questions. If I can't answer your question, you better be darn sure that I will get an expert on the show to answer your question. Use me. Wield me. I am your sword. I'm here to do the work so you don't have to. Take advantage of it. All right. I'm pumped up. I'm almost at an hour. Shut up, man. Just, just, just let them go. They, they listen. They're done. They don't need to talk. They hear you. Anymore. All right. I'm out of here. Thanks again. Until next time. Peace out.